My love, I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. And have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. (laughs) Wait, where'd that go? (laughs) Well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so... If you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. Well, hello, John Kim. Thank you so much for being on Savage Lifecast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I have been a big fan of yours for a while, and your podcast is awesome. I love your approach. I love your writing. Um, so it's really an honor to have you. Go on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the whole 45 minutes is all complimenting you. <laughs> but uh, really. Uh, what, a, what a great way to start Monday. Just yeah. be sharp with compliments. Hey, they're truth bombs. So I'm super stoked that you're here. And, um, you know, just for people who are unfamiliar with who you are and what you do and what your story is, um, I'm a firm believer that we tend to make our mess our message. Um, that we turn our bullshit into fertilizer. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about your bullshit and how that has made you the angry therapist. Yeah, I love that, turning our mess into our message. Uh, It's kind of what happened to me. My mess was a broken heart. My mess was a divorce. And uh, (laughs) yeah, that'll do it. And then that led into um, a rebirth, um, looking inward, uh, then I got passionate about uh, creating conversation about men and definitions of men. So I was, I was a, a, a boy for a very long time, well into my um, mid-30s. Hmm. And then it wasn't until I went back to grad school, uh, got obsessed with psychology, becoming a therapist, and I learned um, what a child I was. So, um, yeah, my mess uh, kind of became my message. So then I started to uh, pull the curtain back and talk about my feelings, practice uh, vulnerability, and then uh, uh, start to write about relationships and dating and love and, and all that stuff. Well, we really need you because I think, and it's so unfair because we talk so much about the injustices of women and there are plenty of them, but I think one of the crazy, crazy injustices um, for men is that the permission to actually be soft, the permission to experience the sensations going on in their body and in their mind, um, the the experience of being vulnerable is still taboo. And so we, as women, you know, I really appreciate people like you coming in and being like, nope, that's fucked up. Let's actually talk about it and have an open conversation. So, um, so that's just, it's super important work. Yeah, and um, uh, thank you for, for reminding us this, uh, this uh, uh, concept of dropping into your body because um, I, I think that that's where our power lives. And I think, um, and this is a generalization, but I think especially men, um, 
we, we are in our heads a lot. We're very logical. You know, we're fixers. We think a lot. Um, and I think it makes us slippery. I think until we drop into our bodies, uh, true vulnerability, not only showing yourself, but allowing yourself to feel something, um, that's, that's, and it's a practice, right? You know, it's not, it's not a light switch. Completely. I'm a, I'm, I'm a yoga teacher myself as, as well as many other things, but, um, but that was really what got me into yoga was because even as a, a female who actually gravitates more towards the masculine, I'm a very like aggressive and masculine female. I was having a really hard time sitting in my shit and a really hard time being in my body and actually allowing sensation to happen, um, and giving myself that permission. So, I mean, it's a, str- it's a struggle bus. It's a, it's a major, major struggle bus. I'd love to hear um, some ways in which you have cultivated that ability to, to be vulnerable to, um, and to actually be in your body. How do you do that and how do you encourage the men that you work with and the people you work with to do the same? Yeah, you know, I think it's a lifelong process, but it started um, – actually started with a blog. You know, it started with – um, and I didn't think any, anyone was going to read it, um, but I started on Tumblr like 10 years ago and um, just started to, to use the blog as a diary documenting my feelings. Um, and then I would just hit post. And then... Um, Scary. <laughs> I thought that was interesting that um, this crazy Korean guy uh, on his way to becoming a therapist was also talking about his uh, quote-unquote fucking feelings. And... Uh, <laughs> That was the beginning of it. And then I feel like I've swam too far to turn back. You know, it's like when you start to share your story, your story actually becomes bigger than you. Like there's a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, that was social media. And, I, and of course, you're doing the same also with your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you almost feel obligated to, to do the work and to not be a hypocrite and to really show up and practice what you preach. And so uh, that became leverage for me, you know. And I don't know if I would have kept going if I didn't. Um, create a blog and was active on social media and did get, you know, email and other people um, saying that they found it helpful, right? Totally. It's it's accountability, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I post stuff all the time that I'm like, oh, shit, I really have to do that now. <laughs> I just right. said I was working on that. Okay, okay, <laughs> you know. But, it, but it's great because then you could use uh, all of this social media, internet, whatever, as a therapeutic tool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I think it's so, you know, it's so scary to, to be that vulnerable to our, you know, however many followers that we have. And yet at the same time, like, and I don't know if this is your experience, but at least for me, like the general feedback when I post something that's like incredibly vulnerable is like, wow, thank you. Me too. Right. Like, wow, thank you. That's my experience too. Yeah. I think vulnerability produces glue and especially in, um, in, it builds trust, right? And especially uh, in a world today where we can hide behind filters and, uh, you know, position ourselves in a way that's not honest. Um, you know, whether it's a photograph or words, we can, we can really hide these days. So when oh, yeah. people do like you and are uh, and, and they're honest and they're vulnerable, um, it's refreshing, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of hiding, I think that we, I mean, my personal opinion as someone who is single and dating, um, you know, hiding is like all the rage. <laughs> it's like a thing that, that is really, um, common. Yeah. Like dating apps or like, um, or even on, you know, even on dating apps, like there'll be people on, on the dating app that are like, are you looking for casual or, or like intimate? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't like, 
I don't think there's anything casual about like holding somebody else's heart as like ridiculous as like cliche as that sounds like I don't think there's anything casual about connection so I don't love that term it's like I I don't I didn't even know that was a thing so when they say are you looking for casual are they talking about like casual sex are they talking about yeah um let's hang out and 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 satisfy our skin hunger but let's not share hearts and then intimate is like vulnerability bring the guard down and, and Oh, wow. Bingo, bango, bongo. Is that, is that a feature these days on the app? You actually press the button. Yeah. Like yeah. You can say what you're looking for. You can say, like, wow. deliberately what you're looking for, which, you know, I respect that people are being, like, open about that stuff because I think it's much better than the, like, bait and switch. Um, and much better also because it holds people like me accountable to not be codependent and be like, yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's casual. Like, no big deal. You know, when like, that's not what I'm looking for. Cause that's manipulation too. Um, so I guess it's a good thing, but it is really wild. I feel like, I feel like the epidemic, um, at least in my experience and, uh, and many, you know, my girlfriend's experience that, that there is just a tremendous fear of real connection. And I'd love to get your insight yeah. on why you think that is. Yeah. It's really interesting. We're talking about this because my next book is called single on purpose. Hey. And, uh, should be out in about a year. Um, cool. And uh, it came from me doing sessions with uh, mostly women in their 30s frustrated with the dating landscape. I believe that dating is dead today. I grew up hmm. with a pager. You know, I grew up where you actually had to um, muster the balls to ask someone out uh-huh. and then you know, wash my car, pick them up, knock on their door. And, you know, today it's just like swiping. Uh, we become condiments. We become baseball cards. And Ugh. like you said, it's become very um, hiding. It can be very casual. Uh, there's ghosting. There's all that stuff. And I wonder, like, so for you as a single person maneuvering through this, um, how do you manage all this? How do you not internalize it? Um, how do you stay positive? Um, or is dating just something that you're you're also very frustrated with? All that. That's a great question. Um, well, a, um, I handle it through lots of therapy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean like truly. Um, but also, you know, I am not, it, it's such a, it's been such a learning experience for me because I'm really learning to like stand in, in my truth around things and not just kind of like appease. Like I was talking about the codependency thing. Like there was a relationship that I had that went on for the stretch of eight months that in the past would have gone on for four years for me where it was oh, like, right. you're able to, um, to, to, to notice that it's not working and actually, um, exit it. Exactly. Right. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of the thing for me right now is just like seeing the patterns, um, and being like, Oh, cool. I can walk away from this. And like, yeah, it's going to suck, but like, right. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'd rather like, there was a quote that I think our, our friend Mark Groves posted that was like, my, um, my solitude is so sweet that your company needs to be better than my solitude. And that's kind of, that's kind of like how it feels right now. I'm like, I'm really enjoying my own company. And so if you and I are not in alignment with our values and our stuff, then like, I'm good. Um, also I will say, things that you look for when it comes to um so let's say you meet someone um are, are there 
main um, things that you look for that need that need to be there in order for you to move forward? For sure. Um, availability, because I've struggled with that. That's a big pattern for me is that I love the unavailables. And of course, that goes back to all sorts of stuff with my parents. Um, but so availability and, and being really open and upfront with that. Um, spiritual alignment. I like to see the world through a similar lens as my partner. Um, I need us to um, be interested in growth and open to having uncomfortable conversations. Those are big things for me. And of course, physical and, you know, emotional attraction, good conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Those are, it's a, it's a great strainer. Yeah. Well, it's amazing because now it's just so it, it does become easier when those things are non-negotiable to just be like, Oh no. Okay. Like fun time, but clearly we're not in alignment. I can like check that off. So what do you think about, um, uh, monogamy being on trial these days and the, um, people now, uh, having conversations about open relationships and all these different formats. Um, and I think it's bringing a lot in people up in people because, uh, just the idea that, that, uh, love be questioned, uh, and, you know, um, like since the fifties or beyond, uh, monogamy has always been the standard and now people are, are asking uh, questions and questioning it. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that it should be in question a little bit because I think that, you know, marriage and, um, kind of this institutionalized way of connecting is indeed outdated as it was initially created basically as a form of trade and like a money-making tool and all those things. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think it's good to question these things, just like maybe we should question some of the, you know, the constitution in ways, you know, it's like these things were made a long time ago, (laughs) you know, maybe we should look at them. Um, I think it's up to each individual and what the, what they're comfortable with. Um, I, I'm a big fan of connection and a big fan of intimacy and depth and going there. Um, but I'm also a big fan of, um, keeping it real and I can see potentially having a partnership that, um, explores that. I don't know for sure. Cause I've never done it, but I'm not closed minded to it. I'm, I'm open to the potential of that only because I understand our biology And, you know, I don't think that our desire to be with other people ever goes away. Um, And so if having an open partnership is actually more healthy for the relationship, I would be interested in exploring that. But if it's not, I think it's very circumstantial. Yeah, I think the um, primary relationship has to be solid in order to even explore. Totally. Um, I think there's... Misconception. I think if you're going to open your relationship because, uh, well, if you open your relationship with your primary relationship um, being, you know, not good, yeah. then it could be dangerous because you'll probably, uh, your primary will change and you'll find someone else, you know? Totally. I totally agree. It's like, it's not like you're trying to save the partnership by opening it. It's like right. you're exploring whatever you're exploring your joy or you're exploring your intimacy with your partner or whatever it is. Um, I don't think it's there as like a tool to like try to salvage something. Yeah. And, I, and for me, I would have to really look at it through a spiritual lens because, mm. um, 
if you don't pull back and see it as something bigger than you, there's going to be obviously jealousy, control, possession, you know, all the things that make us human. Totally. Well, and the thing is too, is that like, it's all relationships, like everything, you know, it's like what you talk about is so important and what you write on Instagram and through your, through your coaching and through your programs that you're offering us and through your daily, you know, text messages, which are fucking so cool. Um, it's like, it's all relationships, like everything, like I have a relationship to this coffee. Like I have a relationship to my dog, I have a relationship to my mom, I have a relationship to the guy that I, you know, am dating. I have a relationship to everything. And I kind of fall under the jurisdiction that like the way we do anything is the way we do everything. Yes. Tell me more about the ripples. Um, you're, I mean, you're absolutely, I agree with you. I think that uh, your, our patterns, the way that we think, the way that we love, um, our insecurities, everything, you can't just compartmentalize that into one area of a relationship. Um, it affects all, you know, your friendships. It affects your relationship with yourself, your relationship mm. with your dog, your relationship <laughs> with children. Because um, yeah. we're, we're whole beings, you know? And so... Um, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. That's so cool. Um, what do you think is the biggest obstacle to our connection to each other? Um, I think uh, if you follow that thread down, it's uh, some kind of fear. So a lot of times, um, fear of intimacy, uh, fear of someone knowing who we really are, uh, fear of um, what people are going to think of us if we really show ourselves. Mm. But, Fear that someone's going to leave, you know, fear of abandonment, um, fear of getting our hearts broken. Yeah. Uh, fear of um, it not being permanent, you know. I, I always say, um, not always, but recently I've been saying um, in the last, I think, five years that love is not about the promise. Um, love is what you have in front of you. And mm. this is so many people to understand because or practice because when we think of love we think about the ring we think about the promise the commitment the forever and i think when you go into it that way um now it's loaded with expectation now you're grabbing instead of holding mm. and it's really it's really hard to see love as like this own living breathing thing and uh, to be super present in it and to explore that connection knowing that it may not be forever like that's very scary you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I think that's part of the reason that marriage was created as well. It was like, let's just take the guessing out of it. Like, let's just keep it, keep it forever. Not have to deal. If you put all your weight on the promise, then you're not able to be present, right? Because then you're always scared that this is going to end or, you know, your partner's going to cheat or whatever it is. Yeah. And it pulls you out of the relationship, you know, when you kind of, um, move your love chips away from the promise and focus it on being present, uh, then I think uh, there's more chance of it being forever, quote unquote, you know? Okay, so many good ones in there. Promise instead of present is no bueno. And then you said something about grasping instead of holding. Was it grasping instead of holding? Yeah, uh, a lot of people grab love instead of holding love. When you try to feed a bird, like uh, if you if you try to feed a pigeon yeah. and you run it with food, it runs away. And I think mm. a lot of people love that way. If you put food in your hand and just kind of hold out your hand mm. and let the bird come to you, then they come and come, they come back and, and it builds trust, right? That's why they keep coming back. And that's how relationships are formed. Yeah. Um, a lot of us, we're, we're grabbing. Uh, we're grabbing oh, yeah. because we're controlling without knowing it. Um, we put a lot of shoulds on our partner or the relationship 
And um, I think the greatest gift you can give someone when loving them is making them feel free. Because it takes a yeah. very secure person to to create that space, you know? And that goes back to that open relationship potentiality. Is it's like that? No, that's the ultimate, right? Exactly. Like, you know, to think, um, and I'm not saying that I'm there. But totally to same. Like, I want you to have um, other intimate connections and sexual experiences with other people because that's what I want for you. So you can evolve and expand um, without me um, without me feeling threatened. Yes. Holy shit, you got to be really secure to be there, you know? Oh, 100% agreed. And I'm like, that's like, honestly, like that's goals. Like that's to me, I'm like, that's dope. Like that's the freedom that I think is where the potential magic is if it works for both party, parties, you know, like sure. I think that's so and, cool. Know, then the question is, can you then use that as the programming? Can you use that as right. – um, a tool to to grow like you know if you want to work on your squads you know you get programming you got you don't just go and do what you feel like you have this structure program yeah can a relationship model be programming for your own growth i don't know right so you were talking about um fear being that kind of like big obstacle to connection how do we work with fear to connect anyway. Cause it's like, I read, so I read, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic. And she talks about how, like when you're trying to be creative, fear is always in the room. It's like, it's like you're driving and fear is like trying to drive the car and you have to learn to like put fear in the back seat. It's like, how do we, how do we do that? Um, so that we can connect even though we are afraid. I think, um, first being aware of the fear, Right. Um, nothing happens without awareness. So knowing that there, that it is fear, um, yeah. that it's, you know, whatever else you think it is. And then really understanding, like exploring where does that fear come from? Whenever you try to understand instead of judge, uh, the, the, you, you, what you do is you realize that the shadow is cast by your own hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like when you try to understand, and you know, I was talking about this in a video about infidelity. That's kind of the topic this week uh, with my texting. Cool. And, um, when people like cheat, um, instead of judging the behavior, right, which we, which is obviously the you know you feeling betrayed and, and this person did this, uh, if you get to a place where you can understand why that happened, then the quote unquote monster becomes human. You humanize that person. The person becomes not a cardboard co- uh, box, but a uh, three dimensional being mm-hmm. uh, who is struggling or going through whatever. Um, and if you can apply that to yourself, so uh, knowing that there is fear and understanding why you are afraid uh, starts to dissolve it. Most of us don't seek to understand. We just know it's there and we react uh, because of it, right? right. We, allow ourselves, we default because we're afraid. Um, and so we, we just kind of live in yesterday and we don't, we're not able to hop that fear wall. Right. And that reactivity piece is so crucial. Cause like, I'm, I'm a super reactive person. Um, and that's part of this, like reprogramming of be, being a yoga teacher and being an athlete and a dancer and, um, and cultivating a, a meditation practice. It's like, if we can just create like a little bit of space between the stimulus and like my reactivity to it and your reactivity to it and their reactivity to it, like, Golden, golden. Yeah, it's one of the greatest. I think it's um, it's one of the biggest game changers. Is if you can respond instead of react. Mm. Um, 
you start to decision, but also with the practice, put that, that emotional speed bump there um, where you can be aware of what's going on and why instead of just, you know, throwing chairs or whatever your reaction is. <laughs> Boosh, just punches. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So what about when people are aware, but they're still, they're still, it's not that they're reacting, but they're like still, so here's an example. Okay. So my, a friend of mine is very similar to me. She loves the unavailables. She loves that. She's an anxious attachment. She finds the, um, she finds the unavailables, the, uh, the avoidance, Right and left. And that makes her feel very safe and very comfortable. It's amazing how comfortable we can be in our fucked up discomfort, right? And now she's dating somebody who is very secure. And he is like everything that she wrote down on paper that she wants. Like lovely. And, and, And the chemistry is good. Like it's not like she's bored. But she does like pick fights with him. And she does like sabotage it a bit. And she's like conscious of it. She's like, fuck, why did I, why did I bring that up? Like, why did I make fun of him for this? Like why? So she's still kind of reacting because she's not comfortable in this new place. But like, she knows that she's making the right choice because he's like in alignment with her values and what she wants. Um, I have this whole concept called swim past the breakers. And I feel like she needs to swim past the breakers to feel the calm. You know, in the ocean, the uh, shore break is where the chaos is, but if you swim past that, the ocean's actually calm. And uh, um, I think a lot of us, we can't handle what we want, meaning we're not used to it. So if she is finally is dating someone who is uh, what she wants, logically secure, uh, secure attachment, um, whatever, uh, you know, high, high EQ and all of these uh, healthy things. If she's not used to that, there's going to be resistance. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's going to be unfamiliar. Uh, I think a lot of people um, notice that and they blame it uh, as, uh, oh, the chemistry's not there mm-hmm. or um, because it's not sticky, you know, um, it's usually the stuff that's running underneath and that, that, that dysfunction, uh, what we mistake for hot or chemistry. Um, and it's, it's not, it's old wiring, old patterns, you know? Totally. And so I think you need to sit in it, be aware of it. Um, and, and what happens, I think is if you go, if you swim past the breakers, um, then it becomes the, the new standard mm-hmm. Then you realize, holy shit, this is good. Um, and I think that most people don't get there because of the resistance. Um, it's, it's triggering. It's not what they're used to. And then, so they, they bounce and then they snap back like rubber bands and try to find someone, um, you know, a dynamic, which they are used to, which can be unhealthy. And then they're back in that loop again. So we just got to give it time. You got to sit in it. You got to give it time. You got to work with it. You got to process what comes up and where that's coming from. Yeah. Um, when I say swim past the breakers, I don't mean just like, you know, okay, it's been one week, yeah. two weeks, you know. Um, yeah. You have to look inward. You have to, you know, when I say sit in it, not just literally just sit, but actually um, process everything that's going on. Going yes, on. yes. And they do have that, like, really good communication. Like, she's – I know she's has the ability to have those types of conversations with him. Like, wow, like – I want to pick a fight with you so bad right now because actually this is like everything that I know I deserve, but I like, I'm not used to it and it scares me. And so I want to like make fun of your beard, you know, like literally, literally. 
um, that kind of hits home. I dated someone who um, was in toxic and abusive relationships. And then with me, I felt that she was constantly like nitpicking at me. Yeah. And um, I realized later, I think she was also doing a version of this. Um, she wasn't used to uh, something that's calm, something that's not toxic. Um, you know, I wasn't verbally abusive or any kind of, you know. And so um, I think her go-to was picking something maybe yeah. wrong with me or, you know, whatever it was, whether it was my hair or the whatever. And uh, um, The superfluous shit that, like, nobody actually cares about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's, I think, the, um, the reaction piece, you know. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. And if you're not aware of it, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop. And so the, you just lost that relationship, and then you're on to the next. Right. And I'm a firm believer that like when we don't learn the lesson, we just like attract it again in a different package. Sure, sure absolutely. And like hope, like hope and pray that we do better next time. Yeah, and you know what? Um, what a beautiful way to look at love. That love being the ultimate program, mm. um, where through our love experiences we learn lessons. And you know, if we don't get our hearts broken, if we don't have experiences that are painful, then we're never growing. Yeah. You know? Amen. 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 I mean, God, it's amazing. It's like sometimes we feel like we are so off track when we go through these heartbreaks and we go through these devastations, and yet the, these these moments of getting off track, it's like they give us traction. Yeah. And we can move forward and like learn what we need to learn. I really, I'm a firm believer that like we're here for school. Like we're here to learn our shit. Sure, but only if, only if we're looking inward and seeing that pain as soil, not reacting from it and running, you know? Dope. Well said. <laughs> I spent a long time running. And I still run sometimes. Yeah. Sure, of course. Of but, course. But now I'm, I'm pretty damn aware when I'm running. Yeah, I need to turn back. Yeah, exactly. And then I run home. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about the book that's coming out next year? Uh, yeah, the book, I just turned it in. It's called Single on Purpose. It's not an anti-relationship book. It's a pro-relationship with self book. Um, you could even, it's even for people in relationships. It's the idea to, that you connect with yourself first, you know. Cool. Um, you don't ever lose that. So just because you find someone doesn't mean that you stop working on your relationship with self. That's beautiful. How yeah. do you, if you were to give us, I love just putting you on the spot. Um, if you were to give us like one piece of um, advice for, for connecting to ourselves, for starting to appreciate that relationship that we have with ourselves, would you, do you have any kind of like go-tos? Um, what feels honest to you? You know, uh, across the board with everything, uh, friendships, does that feel honest to you? Uh, what you do in work, how you work, the donut you're going to put into your mouth, does that feel honest to you? Yeah. Um, it's not about just being strict. It's about, you know, um, what what feels real and authentic to you. If, uh, yes. Because sometimes what feels honest to you today um, didn't feel honest to you two weeks ago or vice versa. And so totally. I really like that idea of... of, of um, tapping into what feels honest. Um, healthy and unhealthy is kind of broad. Um, I like honest and dishonest. You know, relationships uh, can feel dishonest. you got to do something about that. Yeah. Um, your relationship with self can be feel dishonest. So I, I kind of use that as a North Star. Does this feel honest to me? Does my writing feel honest to me? Does, you know, do the text that I'm sending uh, feel honest to me? Uh, when I'm teaching, 
for our uh, during coaching intensive, does that feel honest to me? Uh, is the way that I'm working feel honest to me? Like I always use that as the barometer. And then if something feels dishonest, whether it's a friendship or my lunch, mm-hmm. um, then I question it. You know, and then I ask myself what, what it would look like um, for it to feel more honest. That's beautiful. And it's so true too, because every day it is different. Like sometimes like talking about food, I've been eating disorder person. I talk about this a lot in the podcast and in the book that I'm writing and all the things, but, um, like an example with food, like sometimes what feels honest is like drinking the smoothie. And some days what feels honest is like having the hamburger. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like it's okay. Candy bar can feel not. You, you can earn a donut, that's fine, sure. but does, uh, you know, does 12 donuts in one city do honest, you know? Where's right. That? Right. And it's like every day, like it's a new, it's all about, to me, it's so much about intention. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, if anything can be enjoyed, it, but it's about the intention behind it. Like, am I having, uh, one of my, one of my neighbors actually, who's a, who was also a therapist, she said something so brilliant the other day, cause we were talking about eating disorder stuff. And she was like, And it goes for, I think, any addiction or like anything that we tend to shame ourselves around or anything that we want to experience. It's like, is this a treat or is this treatment? Like, am I allowing myself to like have this and experience it and love it and savor it and pause and breathe and enjoy? Or am I like treating some shit that I don't want to feel right now? Right. And that was like, (laughs) I don't know what just like gave me chills. I thought it was so real. I also like the idea, are you running um, away from yourself or toward? So Ah, I love that. Whether you're eating a candy bar or, you know, having sex with strangers, Mm -hmm. is that behavior running toward yourself or away? That is so real. And it's, um, and again, it goes back to that every day is different. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not about um, judging it. We're not perfect. Uh, It's about being aware and of your choices and, 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 you know, what, what you want for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any, who, who are your teachers and who were some of the biggest kind of transformers for you that, um, that shifted your perspective and kind of got you on this path? Cause I always love when we get a little insight into, into how we learned what we learned. Sure. I, um, I love now that with the internet, um, our teachers are our neighbors. You know, I love that uh, back in the day, you know, our teachers were the the, 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 uh, the people that we uh, read books from and they were people that stood behind podiums. But today, you know, we can learn from our next-door neighbor. We can learn from um, people in our fitness community. You know, in your yoga class, we can learn from anyone. So yeah. um, I like that. Uh, I, I just like the idea that I'm a student, period. And as I go throughout my day, I'm going to learn from, um, I believe in collisions, right? Like this is a collision. Uh, We collide people and through that collision, two people need change. And the person you collide with doesn't have to have letters after her name. The person you collide with uh, doesn't have to be an expert. Uh, He or she just has to be a human and have a story. Um, But but that that kind of didn't answer your question. Uh, But but going going back going back to school and stuff um, Bowen I resonated with a lot uh, he was a family systems guy he talked a lot about raising your differentiation with self and then my concepts of pseudo and solid came from that okay. uh, he talks about pseudo self and the, and, the, and the solid self um, I like a lot of people I have a lot of influence
influencers on, on uh, social media, uh, people who, you know, um, are able to turn rocks over, like Esther Perel, people yes, who are able to um, shed light on something in a way that you haven't thought about, you know, people that are able to flip the script, people who work unconventionally, all of, all of those people, people that color outside the lines, um, I'm always fascinated with, and, and not just self-help, but in art, in Yeah, beautiful. Um, speaking of creative, uh, did you grow up kind of do any in any sort of sports or any sort of creative outlet that you think kind of gave you a little bit more permission to explore this stuff? Because I'm a firm believer that like when we use our body, when we when we give ourselves permission to explore that stuff, we we can yeah. affect others. What was your kind of yeah, upbringing in that way? Um, it wasn't sports. It was. Uh, in the 80s, uh, breakdancing, I was obsessed as a 12-year-old, uh, spinning on my head. Fuck yeah. Um, and I was, I was good at it. So uh, breakdancing and then skateboarding. I wanted to be a professional skater for a while. So oh. I was doing skating. Yeah, and then, um, uh, and then I got into, uh, uh, later in life, uh, CrossFit. So a lot of bodyweight movements, gymnastics, uh, and then um, riding motorcycles, uh, stuff like that. I, cool. I, I've never been an athlete when it comes to like I've never, um, you know, uh, played sports. Sports. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with my skating, breakdancing, you know, um, CrossFit, um, motorcycles, uh, all of that kind of stuff. I love it. Well, I know for me, and I don't know if this is your experience, but like when I don't have access to my body, when I'm not able to like use it, I feel like I'm not fully connected up here. And I think that that is such a huge part of our societal issue. Like even people who look healthy, like I, I see people all the time. I live in Los Angeles, like who look, you know, healthy, but they don't actually have access to their body. Like they're not in touch with it. They're not strong. There's no connection. Like I, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if I don't move every day, I'm like a mess. Absolutely. I think movement is soil. And uh, if I don't sweat daily, then it's, uh, I feel very disconnected with myself. Mm. That's wonderful. I love yeah. that. What are you, um, so what, besides the book, I know you're working on some coaching programs. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, well, I can tell you about journey coaching. Uh, my first yeah. question with uh, the clinical world uh, made me um, co-found a startup called Journey, which is uh, it's a we 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 train uh, coaches. So we've already graduated over five hundred, and it's, yeah, it's just really cool. So if you want to be a coach now, um, you don't necessarily have to go to grad school and become a therapist. You know, um, you can use your story to help other people. So um, I teach for that company, and um, it's just been super rewarding. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I always kind of, I've always believed that like the wounded healer is the best healer and like we all have our wounds. And so it's not like we have to be perfect in order to be that teacher. We're all still just like in the words of Ram Dass, we're all walking each other home. You know, we're all still figuring it out together. So that's super cool. And then talk to us a bit about your text messages and I will put in the show notes, a link to all of this stuff so people can can sign yeah, up. thank you. Um, the, the texting is, I just kind of, uh, I'm always obsessed with helping people in unconventional ways, and cool. I feel like texting is a space where um, it's growing now, but it, it's very kind of un- 
return it and it's that safe space because you know we don't really check our emails anymore it's filled with spam but we do check our texts and the open rate is like you know 98 percent and so i was like oh let's just cut through the noise and let's try to help people daily um with some kind of uh, motivation different perspective some kind of challenge and so now i program my text and uh, i shoot them out to thousands every day that is so cool because it's so true. And it's also like an interrupter. Like it's like, we're going to, we're going to break your regular, regularly scheduled scrolling for something that's going to like actually proliferate your human experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, with so much noise today, um, just getting a snackable size of self-help daily can, can be helpful. Oh my God. Yeah. That's super cool. And you said that you kind of do themes for like the week. Yeah, every week the topic changes. This week it's infidelity, uh, codependency is a popular topic, narcissism, you know, all the various topics. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how we can connect you, where we can find you on the gram, on the interwebs and all that thing, yes. all that stuff? Um, sure. Just Angry Therapist. So at Angry Therapist everywhere. And then the website is angrytherapist.com. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Journey spelled J-R-N-I. J-R-N-I. Yep. Love it. Love it. Um, John, you're the business. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm really excited to share your wisdom with all of our people. Thank you for having me. And uh, I appreciate you uh, creating a dialogue and uh, helping other people. That's awesome. Always. Always. All right, my love. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to spread the word. Awesome. Be well. You too. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. Um, once again, gentle reminder to please check out savagelosangeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, and also, if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars, maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, all right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage. <laughs>